Good morning, church. I want to welcome you this morning. I'm Pastor Lisa, and we are so pleased to be in worship together, both virtually and in person, to worship our one and only true God, truly the way maker, miracle worker. If you will join us in song as we celebrate this Sunday of worship. Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. 
Jesus is waiting, God so loved the morning. You may be seated. I'm Pastor Peyton, and I would like to spend some time with you in prayer. Let's bow our heads. Father God, help us to breathe. Help us to just take a moment and rest at your feet. Help us to place ourselves at the foot of the cross that we may bring all of our cares and all of those things on our hearts to you. This weekend, as we celebrate Memorial Day and those who have served for our country and fought for our freedom and have given their lives, help us to remember each of those who have gone before us and their families on this day. Father, we bring to you the prayers that are on our hearts particularly. There are many in our midst who have been sick or been diagnosed with diseases or are fighting a battle, and we know that they are never alone, that you are with them always. You are with them in the times that they are ill and then in the fight and in the healing. Lord, we lay those names at your feet today. Lord, help us to remember that change in our world comes when we love others first. Remind us of this each and every day as we go out into our communities and we go out into our families. Help us to remember to love each other first. Father, we know that your word speaks life and sustenance in all that exists and you speak life and sustenance in each of us. We know that Jesus gives us recreation and rebirth and renewed birth and all that is within us that is broken and worn and tired in this day. Our world is constantly changing and sometimes it can be hard to know what the new norm or rules are and how and where we go first and how we go forward. Lord, we ask that you would guide us in those steps. Father, the spirit is stirring in our souls and and the inspiration for creativity and compassion and joy and community, Lord, we ask that you would open the doors that we may see how to serve you. Father, life-giving, life-restoring, life-fulfilling, God, may our whole lives be a life lived in worship for you. In all things and everything that we do, may we seek to connect and reflect with your love, with your hope. May we remember that true freedom, true freedom in this world comes from your grace. Hear us, Lord, as we pray the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, 
and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.
and hello again. Aren't you excited to be here this morning? It's such a beautiful day. And we're going to talk some more about the Holy Spirit and what that means. We, we celebrated Pentecost last week, so we're moving forward with the Holy Spirit already fresh in our hearts. Um, and we're going to share a little bit of a mission moment this morning. Every Sunday, we share a few minutes of a way that you can find to maybe connect to something that's passionate to your heart. We don't ask you to participate in everything, but we're trying to give you opportunities to find a way to connect in the community um, as family, as the church. And so this week, because it is Memorial Day, we'd like to highlight the veterans. Uh, we are collecting socks and puzzles for the Veterans Administration for the next couple of weeks. So if you feel so led, new socks in the packages still, please. And bring them by the church office anytime. There's a box outside that's a food box, but if you want to put the socks in there, we can collect them as well. And we will get them distributed to those wonderful people who have served our country so admirably to make them a little more comfortable. Amen. Our scripture this morning is uh, from Romans 8. It is 12 through 17, and I'm reading from the Common English Bible. So then, my brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it isn't an obligation to ourselves to live our lives on the basis of selfishness. If you live on the basis of selfishness, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the actions of the body, you will live. All who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back again into fear, but you received a spirit that shows you are adopted as his children. With this spirit we cry, Abba, Father. The same spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. But if we are children, we are also heirs. We are God's heirs and fellow heirs with Christ. If we really suffer with him so that we can also be glorified with him. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. Help us to, as Pastor Peyton mentioned, breathe and take a moment and take it in and hear you calling us to better things, Lord, calling us forward to freedom, allowing the spirit to move in us and to help us grow, to help us see each other as the image of you, Lord. Help us to hear your word. Amen. So Jesus shares with his disciples in John um, that once he left them, he's going to leave a spirit to guide them. He says, if you love me, keep my commands, I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The Spirit. As I said, we just celebrated Pentecost in the life of the church, the recognition of the, the Holy Spirit descending on the disciples and we celebrated not only that story in Acts, but the continuing work of the Holy Spirit in each of us. The Holy Spirit's work isn't a one and done. It's ongoing. It moves us toward what's called Christian perfection. I, I know I'm not perfect. Anybody here there yet? 
but I can be, not by myself, but with the help of the Spirit, right? So I'm moving in that direction. Um, I'm, I'm growing and trying to be more like Christ in the way I live my life. And so now we discover that, that we're filled with the Spirit, and we're united in this kind of exciting and challenging way. We're family, with all that involves, the good, the bad, and the ugly. These passages tell us there's a certain amount of freedom when we're led in the Spirit. As Jesus said, we're not left as orphans. We're not just dangling out there by ourselves trying to figure life out. We're being led toward freedom from our selfish thoughts, from our selfish actions. We're being freed of our fears as the Spirit works within us. We have become family. We are children of God. We're treated as family. Have you ever had that experience when someone you don't even really know treats you as if you're part of their family? It's such a wonderful feeling. I remember when, when my kids were little, the Olympics were held in Georgia. So 1996, so I'm kind of dating myself. It's a little, little bit of time ago, right? Um, but we had the great pr privilege of going to Georgia and going to some of the events. And as part of our adventure, we were invited to stay at a friend's dad's and stepmom's house in the mountains of Georgia. And we had never really met them. But they opened their home to us. They didn't only open their home to us. They pulled out all the stops. They created Olympic games for our kids to play, complete with a torch run and little jelly jar lid, silver, bronze, and gold medals. Um, they, they took us fishing and taught us how to, to clean and, and, and dress a fish and have it for dinner. They, they opened their home. Um, we piled in. There were eight of us. And we piled into this little cabin, and they just made us feel like it was no bother, that we were just welcome there because we were family. And my kids, they still remember this trip as such a special time that this year we're returning to that house to celebrate our now 25 years of friendship and to have Fort Peapaw Olympics reunion. So we become family. On another occasion, I remember celebrating the Bicentennial in Boston um, with my family. And we met two couples at the fireworks um, downtown and struck up a conversation. They, they invited us to come sit with them. They had way better snacks than we did, so I was glad they invited us. And so we just sit and shared and visited. Um, by the end of the night, my mom had invited them to come back to her house the next weekend for our hometown um, fireworks display. She made them feel welcomed and special and important, and it's something we still talk about today, making people feel like family. Um, I have two daughters. Um, my daughter, Amanda, in particular, always seemed to have a friend. We had a revolving door living in our house. So her friend Amber, for example, um, was just a few months shy of her master's degree program, and her housing fell through. And so my daughters are off at college at this point, and Amber moved in with us. So we had, a, we had a third daughter. We still call her our favorite middle daughter for quite some time. And she was not the only one of Amanda's friends that lived with us. It happened several times. So who is family? Galatians 3.26, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Gentile nor Jew, neither slave nor free, 
nor is there male and female, for you are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are heirs according to the promise. So whose family? We all are. And being family confers certain privileges, doesn't it? Belonging. But it also means responsibility for each other. Um, as this passage calls it, an obligation to live together as God's sons and daughters set free. And better still, God doesn't just treat us like families. We are actually his family. And as such, we need to move towards showing others that we're family. We need to move away from our self-centered ways. Again, I've told you before, usually when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to me. <laughs> I'm the one that tends to need to hear it the most. I need to be able to show the fruit of the Spirit to others. However hard that might be some days. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, they all might sound familiar to us, right? I'm better at exercising some than others. I'm sure you are too. That's the Holy Spirit at work. It's easy for the most part to treat our actual family as special. Um, for example, my brother Adam. So my brother was born when I was a teenager. I was 15 when he was born. And shortened version of a long, drawn-out story, he developed meningitis and had a stroke that caused a brain injury. So my sister, my mother, and I all volunteered at the day program that he was placed in because that's what family does. Family steps up and tries to care for each other however they can. And I remember friends in high school asking me if it was a burden, and it was not at all. I learned so much, and I grew so much, and my character developed so much because I was forced to step out of my little teenage head and be un unselfish, you know, and to see beyond my little world. So for me, you know, placing that energy somewhere else was a growth experience. It was not a burden at all. And I love to read stories about people who've helped with their families and really stepped in. You might have already heard this, but it was just too cute. I couldn't not tell you it. So I heard recently about a five-year-old girl named Ava. She wanted to set up a lemonade stand to buy her brother Colton, who was in ICU, toys. What a sweet heart, right? How cute is that? But what made it even sweeter is that the community stepped in. The local police and fire departments showed up, and they helped her raise over $1,300. Family often looks like community, but we're family. And her response to the $1,300, you know, typical five-year-old, well, now I can buy him three toys. Cute, right? And while it's easy to, to treat your family as family, sometimes, we all know there's that one family member that makes it a little trickier, right? It may not be as easy to treat others as family. It can be really challenging. Um, we don't always agree. And we often focus on, on where we differ instead of where we're alike. Um, I've said before, it's easier to hate somebody than to love them. Love requires us to be deliberate and understanding and care-filled in our actions to others. If I don't like you, I can just dismiss you. And I don't have a problem with that, right? But if I love you, really love you, it matters to me that we try to work it together. 
Unity as God's family is the answer to this hate-filled division that we live with every day. I saw a quote recently, and it was put up. Um, Bishop Sue of the Georgia Conference, Peyton knows her, and we love her. Um, but she put up this quote. The question should never be, is this action leftist or right-wing, liberal or conservative, socialist or capitalist? The question should always be, does this action love my neighbor? Look out for their interests more than my own and manifest the fruit of the Spirit. All those patience, joy, love, right, gentleness. To behave as family, the Christian community has to bring that same love and patience and care to fellow Christians as they do in their own families. And attitudes that destroy families can destroy the church as well. Um, and make it so that people don't want to be a part of us. Disregard for the feelings of others. Selfishness, ignoring the needs of others. Lack of consideration for differences. We need to turn our attention to God the Father and see in each other what he sees in us. Simply that we are his children. We're created in his image. This story is the perfect example of seeing each other through the eyes of love. So one day a boy was walking to grandma's house after attending Sunday school. The lesson for the day had been the parable of the last judgment and he couldn't get out of his head the teacher making a comment that when you give something to another person, you're actually giving it to Jesus. So walking through the park, he notices an elderly woman sitting on the bench feeding some pigeons. She looks lost and lonely. So he goes over to her and he sits down beside her and he takes from a pocket a package of M&Ms and he offers her some. And she smiled and she took them. And the boy liked her smile so much that after she had eaten the M&Ms, he gave her a little more. This time they exchanged smiles and for a while they just sat together in silence, just smiling at each other. Finally, the boy got up to leave. And as he began walking away, he turned and ran back to the bench and gave the woman a big hug. And she gave him her very best smile. When he arrived at his grandma's house, she saw a big smile on his face. And she asked, what made you so happy? He said, I shared my M&Ms with Jesus. And she has a great smile. Meanwhile, the woman on the bench returned to her little apartment where she lived with her sister. You're all smiles, says the sister. What made you so happy today? And she replied, I was sitting in the park eating M&Ms with Jesus. And you know, he's a lot younger than I expected. <laughs> Lord, give us eyes to see each other as your children. Free us to love and bless others as you've loved and blessed us. Help us to be family with our actions and our resources. Amen. We're going to join together again in song, Let It Rise.
So let it rise. Let your gifts rise up. Do what you can to help somebody else. Treat them as family. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be a pair of socks. It could be a little handful of M&Ms. It can be a smile or a hug. Do what you can to give to your family. Amen.